This your boy Ziggler Wiggler, lock the cock on the BLOCK, you understand me? Getting it in with my dog, No Lazine TV, you understand me? The best interview. Oh, uh, oh, uh, what's up, what's up, world? It's your boy Lil Ya, aka Mr. You Hoid Me. Half of the notorious group UNLV, legendary New Orleans, uptown pioneer to this music shit. You hoid me, and you're not watching No Lazine TV. Uh. With that being said, I want to start it off early by just giving you and your whole group, um, like y'all flowers, why, why, why you in tech is still here. Appreciate that, dog. you know, because like everybody don't, Appreciate you know, everybody don't, I'm um, like, know the real like right. history of like real New Orleans gangster rap music, yeah, because yeah. like you know, back in the day, and like, it'd be like a lot of I'm um, like a lot of um, like gangster rappers in the 90s was actually rapping over like bounce beats. Yeah. But y'all was like giving some raw, and like y'all was the first wow. group to actually, I've heard personally by my generation, make one. Uh, I'm like this record. This record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, and it was a hit. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So no like, doubt. hey, so y'all actually, all my some trendsetters actually for like New Orleans, like you know people don't give y'all you you know y'all. Yeah, everybody know I mean. We, we, we really don't get the credit that we deserve. I know this, like everybody, all our core fan fans know it, period. But I think the respect has always been there. Everybody respect us. Right. You know, we've never been disrespected. But the, the credit level, nah, they don't give us our credit, dog. You know, we good with that. No. Hey, but for my knowledge, like for us one like rap group, y'all put like Uptown on the map first. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't say first because I'm saying before it's my knowledge. That's why I say before oh, my knowledge. knowledge. All right. Okay. All right. You know, I want yeah. you to give us. I'm like a little New Orleans history. I'm like who actually. I'm like came before y'all and who well, y'all looked uptown, up to. Uptown, basically, you had Hitman doing this thing before us. You had Juvenile doing this thing before us. Oh. Uh, uh, well, Greg was downtown. Gregory D. Yeah. Oh, uh, you had. Oh, uh, Devious doing this thing around the time that we came, but he was actually before us. Right. You know, you had a few cats. Jimmy recorded before us, but he wasn't actually in the club before us, you know right. what I mean? But at the same time, way back in the gap, we was doing our thing. People don't even know. We was a group called the Sporty MCs. And we used to rap positive. We was like in, in a sixth or seventh grade, you feel me? So we won every talent show in New Orleans. That's what y'all rapping about. We were rapping positive, dog. We were rapping about crack, you know, the crack ep epidemic hitting New Orleans real hard. So we was doing, a, you know, the positive rap, you know, spitting out lyrics and, and messages about crack, what it was doing to people and stuff like that. So we won every talent show in the city. It just happened so bad to us because we won WYD talent show and we won a contract. And being so young, we looking forward to this contract to actually cutting the record and shit. You know, it ain't happened like that. So we was like, hold on, man, this, this rap stuff ain't real. So from the age of 12 up to like 18, 19, we stopped rapping. So, I mean, when we started back rapping, you had cats like, you know, Hitman, Jimmy, like I said, Gregory D. They, they really showing us this shit real. New Orleans 
you could get record deals and stuff like this real, you know what I mean? Right. So that's what actually made us start back getting into it. You know, we already knew how to rap and count bars and, you know, really musically inclined, me and Tech actually. You know what I'm saying? So once that started, once we saw it was real, we was like, man, let's get off into it again. You know? Okay. Also, I'm like, when did y'all, I'm like, start the rap group and actually named it UNLV? We was like 18. 18, and the year had to be like 1991, I see one. 1991, we signed with Cash Money in 1992. Okay. But 1991, what we did was, we had a crew that we used to hang with. Like, like five other cats, and you know, we, 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 was, we was like, uh, no, I ain't gonna say no gang, but we were like a clique. They was using the word clique back in the G, you heard me? So, you know, we were, we were known for, being shy all the time, fucking with the girls, reputation of whooping niggas and, you know, just some wild, violent shit all the time. You know what I mean? So, we took that name, UNLV, and switched it to the rap, the, the, our rap name. You know what I mean? So, that's where you get UNLV from. Right. You know, like, cause like uh, because the world actually, actually, everybody didn't know, oh, um, actually what UNLV actually stood for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, UNLV, it stands for Uptown Niggas Living Violent. The niggas is spelled N-I-G-G-A-S. Never ignorant getting goals accomplished. You know what I mean? Well, N-I-G-G-A, not N-I-G-G-E-R. Right. And once again, that, that name actually came from a, a, a group of cats. One of my cousin, Damien D.H. the Great. You know, him and his dudes used to really, they, they, they from Catholic school or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But they were Uptown and they came up with the name. Why, I don't know, but we took the name and started really living how they said, you know what I mean? You know, so that's, that's where UNLV come from. Right. Yeah. Hey, man, like I said, man, if y'all did a lot, but like far as y'all, uh, like far as yourself, you know, mm -hmm. like, as you can speak, growing up, uh, I'm like, who influenced you? I'm like, for it to, I'm like, start making music. Oh, man, I had, I've just been around music all of my life. Ain't no one, I can't say one rapper actually did it. Uh, one singer done it, you know, but I was all, always around music. I always wanted to sing, couldn't sing. You know, I got tired of playing instruments. I played a lot of different instruments in the band. I got tired of playing instruments, so my uncle come to me talking about this, this rap stuff, and it was like early 80s, you know what I'm saying? Once we started rapping, so I picked up the mic and started rapping, you know, had a way with words and, you know, chose that route. And, and I'm look at that. I'm, you know, if it's y'all made, I'm like, know all this history. <laughs> I'm picking up the mic. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, we no, were, because you could have been anything, you know, but you, right, you chose to be a rapper right, in the early 90s. <laughs> in New Orleans. Hard. Right, right. Like, you know, hard. they didn't have too many people offering deals to New Orleans artists in the early 90s. Yeah. And yeah. we tried to create that. Right. You know? So, like, how did you actually come up? I'm like, what's your I'm like, rap name? Well, I went through a couple of different rap names. My first name actually was Master P. Oh, <laughs> Master P. And a P is for fat. A lot of people call me y'all fat. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. That's how they think my name is, is pronounced and spelled. My name is y'all fat. And it's Y A P H E T. My family right. called me fat. Not fat. The world called me fat. You know what I'm saying? You know, right. That's my nickname to the world. Uh, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But. 
That's my, my first rap name was Master P. Then I switched it from Master P to Polo P. Cause I always had, had a love for, for Ralph, you know what I'm saying? I always rock Polo, you know. So I went you from there. He still winning? Yeah, still <laughs> I'm guilty of still fucking with Polo. <laughs> you know what you mean? But check, then I, I, I started Lil Ya. You know, I was like, let me put a little uh, a little more of my, my real name into it, you know what right, I'm saying? They, 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 they don't know what the P really stands for. So, Lil Ya, you know, Yafet, that's my name. So ask you this question: When you name yourself Master P, did you ever on the heard of the other Master P? Nah, first? this was this, this was, way before he was yeah, Master this P. This was when we was a sport MCs. Okay. Master P wasn't even. It wasn't even. Nah, it wasn't thought was, of yet. Nah, bro. Nah. Okay, <laughs> okay that's hey. Yeah, I, that's left alone, I left it <laughs> alone before he even was thought of. Right. You know what I mean? I went from Polo Master P to Polo, <laughs> Polo P. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. like you know, hey, but tell the world, hey, but like for us right now. Like, what's the average day like for you? The average <laughs> day? Oh, I'm a man. Right now, I'm, I stay busy. I do a lot of business. Every day I do at least, I put in at least three, four hours of, of work pertaining to my, my to this, this music industry. Every day, even on Sundays. But my average day, you know, I got I got a two-year-old and a seven-year-old that, that, that I'm, I'm still dealing oh, with. Oh, you still shooting them out, huh? Yeah, bro. I mean, <laughs> I got grandkids, dog. You know what I'm saying? You so got grandkids? My, you got a seven-year-old, too? Seven-year-old. Two-year-old, too. Dang. Well, you just made three on the third year. They're going to be uncles to, to older yeah, kids. Yeah, I got a son younger than my grand, a couple of my grandkids. Dang. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that, it was me. I ain't that, you did. Yep, but I'm married. You know, I'm happily married. I'm Take care of my kids and mom will do, we'll do this. I got daddy do this, then I got I gotta do the music industry thing. You know what I'm saying? From there, I got I got a oh, a little company that I deal with seasonal out here in Houston. You know, uh, I, I I run it along with my little partner, it's a it's a seafood company, so well seafood business. You know, we catered up different people and shit like that on that level, you know what I'm saying? Got a little clothing thing that I also do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I have I have more artists on my label that I tend to doing a day, so I'm, I'm pretty pretty much busy from at least six thirty in the morning to I see eight thirty at night. I'm an early bird. I'm old now, so <laughs> I'm ducked off when y'all still on the block doing y'all thing. I'm ducked off sleeping. What you mean? Ten thirty. <laughs> Speaking on you know putting out music and still dealing with the music industry, I want you to explain on like, what's the difference. From like putting music out in the early nineties mm -hmm. versus now. Well, it has its pros and cons both ways. You know what I'm saying? Cause back in the G, it, it was <clears throat> first of all, it was it was more of a business than it was than it is a hobby. You know what I mean? For as that, when you're doing it, when you cut a record in, back in the G, you're spending money to go in a studio, a professional studio. You know, they didn't have all these different cash. With, with setups and you know this portable shit, they didn't have it like that. We had realms, you know. We didn't have Pro Tools, so you know just to put your record on the rail, man, that shit was expensive. So you going in there with that mentality of I'm not going to the studio to bullshit. It ain't no 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 party about to go on. It's work about to happen, okay. you know. So we going in there with that on our mind off the dump, you know. And far as like this this promoting and shit like that. I think it's, it's more easier nowadays because you don't have to put all the blood, sweat, and tears behind it. You ain't gotta go 
bang a post on a motherfucking wall hoping that, you know, a hundred people see it. You know, you can go to the internet right now, you know, put something up there and millions of people see it quickly, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it has its pros and cons. But I, I really think the difference is between both. We coming up in my time and before me, we appreciate it better. You know, we appreciate it more at least because we know all the hard work that we did to get where we at. You know what I'm saying? It's like overnight success sometimes. You know, you might enjoy your overnight success for a minute when you realize that's what it was, that shit. You ain't got no jeopardy with that shit. You out of there. You feel me? You ain't got nothing to appreciate, really. Right. Like, you know, cause like, because I had like, a, like far as New Orleans go, but I had like a lot of artists complaining about or like not getting on the radio and not yeah. doing this, but like back in the day, they don't realize like getting on the radio and all that was high and very expensive. Yeah, like, you know, like a lot of artists yeah. didn't just like yeah. they had a lot of artists back in the day too. People don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you had to pay the play, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? And they came up. I guess it was like the the, the mid 2000 when he, when everybody started exposing that shit. Yeah, it was called the payola or whatever. But that, that's that been around since day one, bro. You know, you grease DJs, you grease radio stations or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Even the majors have a budget with right. the radio stations for the artists to get played. You know, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, like a lot of artists don't know that. Like, I'm like, everything I'm like, that you don't pay for as an independent artist. Right. And like the record label have to pay for it. Yeah. They gonna charge you double. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. the artists don't we know do that. that shit. Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> like if you don't pay for right. it, we and, don't and pay, pay for, for it. Let me show you. It's gonna be double, right? I'm gonna right. show you. That's how it go, bro. So also, like you know, coming out being a music artist, way before social media and all this. Yeah. Hey, but like, how the transition has been? I'm like, for you. Oh man, it's been <laughs> a hell of a transition, dog. I'm talking about from I came like MySpace era. That's when I really started trying to fuck with the computer <laughs> and shit. And I was totally lost, dog. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't stupid and I ain't illiterate by far. I was real good in, in, in uh, computer science and computer lit. But this new shit, dog, I mean, I'm still learning it, bro. I'm talking about Insta even Instagram, bro. I'm still learning how to different, do different shit and, you know what I'm saying, reach everybody at one time type shit. You know, it's crazy, bro. I, I embrace it, you know what I'm saying, because I love learning new shit, period. But fuck, dog, it's, it's, it's different, bro. <laughs> Is different. And at the same time, I still rock like I used to back in the G. You could catch me on a block. I mean, not not doing what I was doing, but you could catch me any any given time, anywhere. And I'm the same person. I'm a holler at my fans. I ain't gonna, you know, I'm, I'm, if I'm on the internet or whatever, somebody speak to me or whatever, I'm gonna speak back. Right, that shit don't make me Hollywood. Right. You feel me? I ain't living a life that a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, living on, on that gram and ain't living in real life. You feel me? Okay. You know, so it's authentic. Plus, they in a that uh, it's internet age, so I'm, I'm embracing it, man. You know? So I want you to explain just a, if it's just briefly about this, like you know, all like y'all started one, I'm like rap group in like 1991, and y'all signed with Cash Money in the early days. Actually, when it was like really like hard and have to go through them them small chitlin circuits yeah. and meet people. Like I want you to like just. Hey, but just give like a little brief on a demographic, almost like the hard work all y'all had to put into, because it wasn't just the label, it was y'all too. Right, right. 
Well, we had a lot of meet and greets and shit like that. You had to, when your album come out, you actually had to be at Odyssey Peaches or whatever. You know what I'm saying? That was our record stores in New Orleans at the time. Brown Sugar, you know, signing autographs and actually communicating with the people, talking to them and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? You had to put in your work every time an album come out, man. I'm telling you, we got like at least a, uh, probably about. Uh, about about 20 shows lined up already and we ain't, we ain't about to get a quarter for it. I mean, we ain't about to come out of our pocket for it. We, you know, they gonna pay for all expenses and shit, but it's called promotional stage. We gotta promote that album, you know. Now, a lot of motherfuckers, you know, you come out of the album nowadays, you ain't gotta promote this album. I mean, we gotta promote the album, we ain't gotta do promo shows, you know, you, you, now you, you tell a youngster about a promo show nowadays, nigga might want to thank you jacking him or something, you know what I mean? But that was a part of the game back then. Right. You feel me? That was a part of the game. You <laughs> promo running, and you get paid for shows, and you know, going in these different spots, and nigga not knowing you, they, they looking at you stupid, you know? It was just to make them believe. Right. So you know, I read something. I don't know. I, I think I read this. I don't. Want, I don't want to lie. Okay. Like, if like, what's the beef between UNLV and I'm like Mystical Real? Nah, that was a big fake, dog. So that beef, <laughs> you know, we let the cat out of the bag maybe a year or two ago, but okay. Yeah, I think I saw it. That's why, like, I don't want to lie. <laughs> that was something that he started. I'm, I'll take it back if you got a minute. Okay. Today. Well, originally we we knew Mystical from Corn. I know him from Green, but checking Yellow met him at Con. All of us went to school together. He a senior, we was a sophomore. Okay, he was a cheerleader. We was in a band. We had a relationship where we ribbed all the time. Y'all, New Orleans knew what the fuck ribbing is. Yeah. You know, so we ribbed all the time. We was always cool. We never had no no problem ribbing a nigga get mad cause nigga ribbing. We used to tear each other ass up, literally. You know what I'm saying? So when when he graduated. We hadn't got out of school at the same time. He was in the service. But we on top, make a long story short, we on top of the pile in New Orleans doing our thing. Ain't nothing fucking with us, period. You dig? So Mystical come, holler at me on the block. I'm hustling, I'm doing my thing. See, he come on, holler at me on the block, talking about, say, bro, I, I rap, dog. I want this y'all, boy, have y'all, you know, telling me he just got out of the service. You know, I, Remember, I knew him from high school, so our relationship or whatever, he was like, yeah, dog, I'm a diss y'all, I want y'all to diss me back. And he asked me who, I, who he think I should sign, who, who I think he should sign with. I told him, well, how that beat him? You know, he let me hear something he had. And that nigga was raw with the, the lyrics, the rap. That shit sounded like it was already on CD. And it was him rapping over a track. You feel me? I was like, ooh, fucking right. So he come back the next week, Telling me he didn't sign with, well, about two weeks later, he came back. Say, I didn't sign with Baby, my sign with Big Boy. You did, and that's when we was talking about, all right, go ahead, do your thing. You did, we ain't, I told him I was gonna holler at Tech and Yellow, cause I was out there by myself. I said, I'm gonna holler at them about it, see what they say, but, you know, handle your business. So he dissed us twice before we even dissed him back. <laughs> Reason being, because he didn't make no noise when he dissed us the first time. Right. So that last diss called Yellow a coward, and, yeah, then got hot, nigga. Even we was like, ooh, that nigga blazing now, you know what I'm saying? So it was time to go to war, you know what I mean? I ain't gonna lie to you, like, you know, like I tell people, like, I've traveled a lot, like, man, mm -hmm. it's very hard for, like, New Orleans artists to make a, like, to make a, 
and to make one um like this record yeah because we so close to each other we could we're literally running yeah, each other anywhere. Yeah, so it's like, I wouldn't advise about to make a diss record right. about each other. But like, y'all was the first people. I'm like, dang, a drag yeah. about a room. Like, man, they gonna kill Mystical? <laughs> yeah, we went through a lot of lot of shit behind that, dog. I mean, it got so serious with that record that so people actually thought we had something to do with, 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 oh, with Yellow Sister. I mean, oh, with Mystical Sister. Damn. And they thought Mystical had something to do with Yellow Murder. You know what I'm saying? And New Orleans oh, always, nah, you know, and they always try to put two and two together, but yeah. it's never right. Right. <laughs> but that uh, beef with PNC, Partners in Crime, you know, that, that that was some real shit. You know, we best of partners right now, but back then. And how the beef started? <laughs> man, that shit started. Well, you know, everybody got different stories. You know what I'm saying? My story is I really thought that them niggas ain't like me because of one of these little partners over there that I was fucking with. <laughs> so I'm like, man, them niggas. And then at the same time, I remember Baby them had us to audition them for the company. And we was like, damn, man. I thought they were trying to be you and LV. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, if, I was like. If I actually interview Pete, I mean, um, if I actually interviewed only like, Mr. Meaning, mm-hmm. and like, he kind of told me like a little bit about, you know, actually trying to actually sign. Yeah. To cash money, but he didn't say anything about you and LV. He was like, yeah, he just did CIA with Baby. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened with that. That's like, right. that's what I'm saying. I done heard of a few stories from, you know, Mr. Me and the Kango, uh, Tech. Everybody have a right. little different twist to these stories. <laughs> but I, I think the main thing was we felt like they didn't like us and they didn't even know us. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's that 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 was our total beef, dog. Right. You know how you how could you like a nigga you don't even know, dog. You, that was hate back then. The word hate wasn't out, but that was hate back then, and that's that's how we was looking at it. Right. But you know that shit bygones, dog. That shit squashed for real, for real. And I love them niggas, dog. Like brothers, the niggas they solid with us. You know we keep it solid with them. And what I tell everybody, like even in the water, like hey, but if anybody beefing in the waters over ten years. Uh, and but they usually get cool again. Yeah, like yeah. man, look, man, ain't you no, know, ain't no that blood shit don't last in the wall. Yeah, we gotta see beef, each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We you know, when that, when we see each other, you know how it's gonna be. Though. We gotta see each other. So, so it's like, is either right. we gonna kill each other or we gonna squash yeah, it? Bro. <laughs> That's what we did, dog. I'm glad we did, bro. Cause like right around that time, you was getting murdered in in, in rap beef, like Big and Pop lost their life around that time, dog. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, bro, I'm, I'm glad we, we, we squashed that, came to here. Matter of speaking on Bigger Pocket, like, just even that time, uh-huh. I want to know from, like, somebody who was rapping in New Orleans and, like, trying to become, like, nationwide, like, how did you feel <coughs> trying to Excuse expand me. your music career when the whole world was, just had two sides beef with each other, like, East Coast and West Coast, and, like, uh, you trying I mean, to come nationwide? <laughs> it was like, it, it wasn't... <laughs> It, it really didn't affect me. They beef didn't affect me because I, no I, I was picking them. I was yeah, yeah. You had to pick your side. I was rocking with Biggie. <laughs> but it was like we as the South, we was trying to. We had oh people like oh what's the boy's name, man, Big Boy and then Outcast. We had Outcast doing their thing, you know what I'm saying? But as in Ghetto Boys, of course, doing anything around the time, but we as the South was still trying to, you know, get on the map. So, you know, that was the East Coast and the West Coast. Them boys already there, so, you know, that was on them, but we still was, was focusing on easing in that game, bro. Right. You know, that's what, that's, uh, that's what we was at during that time. Like, and I tell people, like, this is the thing, like, I want to I ask you a little bit about, like, like 
Because like right now, but I see like a lot of artists complaining like, man, hey, but the music industry ain't I'm like messing with New Orleans. But I say, man, just my knowledge of just watching people making it. Right. It was it was the record labels help get pushed through. Like with the cash money and the no limits, mm -hmm. got these artists to be seen. It wasn't really too many. Yeah, other. because of the light that they put on New Orleans. And because the labels can't sign certain people, but I, but like, but I, but I think by no limited cash money making a powwow, it would help right. them artists have longevity. It, um, because like you know back in the day, and, but they had like major labels come sign like Warren Mays and, mm -hmm. and like Mac when he was twelve, right. Greg I, I think Greg Dinham had yep, a good time. Yep, yep. Yeah, like they had labels sign up, but like, but like cash money and like no limit became yeah, a powerhouse right. and really it. made you know them artists. Yeah. I think because, you know, once once they got the deal that, that, that put the spotlight on New Orleans and they was like, maybe New Orleans have something else to offer. Even though even though P and and and, and uh and baby them, you know, they they, they really put their artists, you know, put their artists out there or whatever, but they had other artists in New Orleans that the right. people was concerned about. And I feel like the statements you made saying, you know, they not looking at New Orleans. I I I, don't, I, don't, I I disagree with that because if you listen to a lot of major shit that's out right now, they got New Orleans influence. Right. They got bounce influence. They got out. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they looking. The artists looking. I think the artists looking more harder than the investors and the labels. Though. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because the artists taking out music doing their thing. Of course. You know what I'm saying? But how do you feel about that? Like when you just hear uh, like, and, and we don't see our own right, doing I, it. I, I, mean, I mean, music. Music is a universal language, and we all know, you know, music's gonna be sampled and recycled. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't got no problem with that. My problem is them not acknowledging, doing it the right way. You know what I'm saying? Because so many people in our city business not handles. Right. They just come and jack them. Just take this shit. Like I would, I would prefer them to at least able to go take our sound, come shoot the video in the wall, and, right. and like put shoot somebody, like put Black and Miles in exactly. the video. Exactly, exactly, dog. Right. right, like Drake done it, dog. Hey. You know Drake did it right, but also he had right. to do all his ties. Yeah, he got uh -huh. all the ties. Right, so, you know, right, right. So I, and so I think he had no choice to do it that week. Right. Everybody else was just like, I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't respect that, dog. I don't respect that. Just do shit, man. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> like being in the music industry over 20 years, tell us what you enjoy about it and tell us what you actually hate about it. I actually enjoy the finances, the love, doing what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing like having a career. Well, you know, a job and a career is two different things anyway, but a career is something you enjoy doing and getting bread for it. You know, I, I love my career. And what I don't like about it is people that, that, that get in the shit that don't totally understand it right. and fuck it up. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't gonna call no names. I ain't shitting on nobody. You know what I'm saying? I'm a man of my word. I, niggas know I got a problem. I tell you, I bring it to them. Point blank. That's, that's, that's my name in this industry. You know what I'm saying? But promoters that just jump in the game and Think a nigga trying to get over them when they ask for a deposit and you know slick shit niggas do. You know, it, 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 it got it. it got you got to give a deposit. You got to lock it in right. Yeah, you got to lock it in right, dog. You know, I, I don't, I don't like uh, the fact that anybody with equipment call themselves a DJ. I, I feel that's disrespecting the DJs in the game. 
You know what I'm saying? If, I mean, them people, them dudes put in work learning that shit. And oh yeah, but the older DJs actually know how to like. Yeah, they know a vinyl. Yeah, they know like the technique. Yeah. Yeah, they I mean, know they know what a twelve hundred technique is. Like you know, you know brand new DJs just like man, I'm about to just do this right, to make some money. Right, like right. other DJs back in the day, I mean, I love it more. Respect your hustle, dog. Yeah. But don't go to putting it out, out like that, like you're a fucking DJ, dog. Cause you really not no DJ. You gotta learn the craft first. Yeah, dog. Like you know what I'm saying? If like even if you don't. I'm like invest the time to actually learn. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I feel that's a smack in the face to catch like Manny Fresh and KLC. You know what right. I'm saying? Them dudes been doing this shit forever, dog. They really learned the craft before they even see DJ on the put DJ on the front of my name. Hey, well, speaking on KL and Manny Fresh, I want to just say, I want to I'm like getting this like a little briefly. I'm like before we leave, like if I actually read that, you know, if they feel like they the brand new New Orleans artists mm -hmm. are kind of stuck. And because like the world is still looking for that old New Orleans sound, the KLC, the Beat by Pound, and Cash Money, like like New Orleans, New Orleans still had the same sound from over 20 years ago. Right. So like you know, the industry don't know New Orleans new sound, and like yeah. and like a lot of people feel like the new artists are like gravitating towards Atlanta and Houston. So like, do yep. you feel like it's time for New Orleans to actually come out on a, I feel with a brand new sound? Yeah, get back in our zone, man. Get back in our zone, cause they. I mean, you 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 leaving something that's hot. Other people taking it and, right. and, and doing something. And well, I was just shit. saying, just in general, like, do you think like we need to find that and that brand new next producer and like create a whole like create like a whole nother sound? No, I don't think so. Yeah, because I'm like, you have your own sound, dog. You gotta keep it that way. It's, nothing could touch it. Period. You gotta keep. It. It's like something that that ain't broke. Why fix it? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's fixed already, man. People, I mean, motherfuckers try to find their own identity a whole lifetime. Right. You know what I'm saying? People try to find their whole sound a whole lifetime. So we have our sound that, and we exactly. still ain't we still using it right. Yeah, when you get that, you gotta stick to the strip, dog. Right. You know what I mean? If it's Pete Tamo, if shout out Pete Tamo, he said something that actually made a lot of sense. He like, he thinks every upcoming New Orleans artist have to do one song, at least one song. One bounce song. No one doubt. bounce song or, yeah. or like any culture song yeah, from New Orleans. Yeah, I agree. And I got that from Slim. Sugar Slim taught us that. Because we was those knuckleheads coming into the studio, man. We ain't doing no fucking bounce. We was those knuckleheads. You know, people don't know that. Right. That's where you get our method of a bounce track putting gangster raps over it. Right. You know what I'm saying? We wasn't a call and chant rap or uh, bounce rappers. We never was. We 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 tried it or we fiddled with it or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But we was those knuckleheads and giant slim, sugar slim. Man made us realize, look dog, y'all from here. If y'all don't put some bounce on each album, y'all gonna lose. Right. And each album we ever did, I bet you can find a bounce song. But speaking on just cash money, like the Christmas egg, everybody always talk about Birdman man do something, but like a lot of people never say that name. Like nobody say Slim told me to do this. Man, like Slim. a lot of people don't understand. Like <coughs> if Slim does a lot for man, that company, Slim, the brain. When they see you hear people say the brains of the company, dog. That's the brain, my nigga. Baby, just the face. I mean, don't don't get it twisted. I'm I, I could never say he don't contribute what he's supposed to to the company. I ain't saying shit like that. What I'm saying, especially music, especially music, Lane Clyde, man, Slim gonna step in that studio with you, my nigga. Look, do this like this, do this like this. I could, I could, I could name. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you 
three artists off the dump that he actually had a lot to do with, dog. Us. You know, when you heard shit like Uptown for Life, we live by the gun. We died. That's Slim telling me. Yeah, say that. That's Slim right there. <laughs> then when you hear Miss T, another artist from our time, you know what I'm saying? All all of the, the hooks and swings and runs, that's Slim. You know what I'm saying? She just had the talent to do it, but that's Slim. We just had the talent to do what he was telling us to do. That's Slim. BG, another one. You dig? So, man, I do. Yeah, bro. My baby gonna, you know, baby gonna put his two cents in or whatever. But baby gonna be baby. Yeah, baby gonna be baby. You know what I mean? Okay. Don't sleep on Slim, boy. Leave that. Right, with that being said, what's your advice to a younger artist that's trying to follow? I'm like, well, what's your advice to a younger artist or anyone in the streets that's trying to follow? I'm like, y'all are like footsteps. Stay in school, first of all. All us, all us graduated. Got a little college under our belt, and that shit really, really helped. But uh, dedicate yourself to your craft, man. You know, this is something you want to do, know that. You really gotta put in the time and the dedication to make it work. I mean, we ain't get this far with just, just going in the studio and rapping, dog. You know what I mean? So that's and and learn learn the business, learn the business. These days you don't have to know as much as we had to know back in the days because the structure of the distribution and the business itself is different. You feel me? So. Learn the business, dedicate yourself more than anything. Okay. And um, tell us, I'm like, what's next for you? Oh man, I got a lot of, the, the best is yet to come. You know, we got we got movies in the making, we got books. Uh, you know, everybody knew Check Incarcerated, he coming home real soon. Okay, you well, know, and a lot of, a lot gotta, of shit. You know, I'm, I'm if we gonna fly back out here, we gonna do another interview. Oh yeah, with both yeah, of y'all. Definitely. <laughs> we got the documentary on YouTube right now. That's only the first part. Okay. So the second part gonna be, you know, once he come on, he'll do the second part too. But like I say, we got a, we got one more. We we both agreed on one more album. You know, we got a, we got a couple of tours with different people coming up. You know, but as far as me, I'm about to release. Uh, like six songs, uh, a little EP. You know, I'm gonna do it. Release that and, and a Yai and Friends album at the same time. Cause I, I've been constantly working, doing features, a lot of shit. So I want to do a Yai and Friends album at the same time. I, I release those at the same time. You know, UNLV album, books, movies, and you know, constantly building businesses, other business businesses around this man. You know? Okay. And I'm also, uh, but last but not least, tell everybody, I'm like, what can they find you on social media? It's it just every um, music platform. For sure, I'm on every music platform. All our classic albums hasn't been released on a digital label yet, but they will be. But right now, you can get Uptown for Life, Six and Barone, Keep It Gutter, The Relaunch, all on a digital platform right now, so y'all don't sleep on that shit. But eventually, all of them will be on, on a digital platform. Uh, my in, my Instagram is Lil UNLV3. My plat uh, Facebook I can be reached at Yafat. That's Y A P H A T UNLV. Uh, Twitter I, I don't really mess with Twitter too much. So uh, y'all can look me up on there. Y'all want features or whatever? Fuck with me. 
832-228-6690 You Sound like a commercial For real Yeah And look, don't sleep on my my all these young L's Yeah, I definitely gotta put them out there though Well, I wanna say I'm like, we, I'm like, appreciate you here at Nola Zine TV. I still want to give you your flowers at the end. Appreciate man. that, man. Once again, bro. Oh, I'm, yeah, oh, yeah. One more thing. Let me plug this in. Look, also during the pandemic, you know, I've been working, doing a lot of work. I put out two joint venture albums. One with my little cousin Shooter. It's called Gangsta Bloodline. I got another album out with Diesel the Beast. He's a kid, kid affiliated artist. And the name of our album is The Big Boy Album. It's on digital platforms everywhere. That's it. Well, you know, with all that being said, I was sure we done. <laughs> Appreciate your time, dog. Appreciate that. All right. Ow! Wait a minute. Nola Z make them whole screen. You understand me? You want a t-shirt? You want to have a wife beater with a hole in it? You want to play a short pair with six holes in it with all your coochie hanging out on the side? Holla at your people, baby. Ziggler Wiggy, you understand me? Lightning cock on this B-L-O-C-K, you understand me? A beautiful day.